And a good evening, everyone, and welcome to today's Co-Side of Capital One listening and leading webinar on how to work successfully from home. I'm Nick Guerrero, the chair of the continuing ed department from George Washington University. We appreciate you joining us today in these difficult and uncharted times, and uh, we thank you for being here on our uh, webinar. Before we begin, we'd like to say hello and a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, which is a presenting sponsor of our continuing ed series. As a reminder, these webinars will be posted later on CoSIDA.com, CoSIDA Connect, which is our membership online community. Um, this will also be put into a podcast form, so you can check CoSIDA.com for this webinar and our CoSIDA YouTube channel. Uh, please start submitting your questions. We'd love to hear from you and what's on your mind. Uh, please use the chat box, which is kind of right on the right-hand side of your computer. We'll save some time at the end of our webinar to uh, get your questions out there. Hey, if you have a suggestion, give us your suggestions as well. we'll we're gonna try something new today. So, uh, you know, tell us who you are, what your suggestion is about working from home and, and we'll, we'll let everybody know about it. Um, but let's get quickly started with, with our webinar and our presenters today are our COSIDA staff members and Bo White is the Director of Creative Services and Lori Bolig is the Director of Membership Engagement, and Doug Vance is the Executive Director. Barb Koval is the uh, Director of Professional Development and Executive uh, External Affairs, and Will Rolson is our uh, Associate Executive Director. And we're gonna get this started off with our Executive Director, Doug Vance. And Doug, just talk a little bit about, first of all, why we're here today. We, were, we had a, a webinar last week, a town hall, talking about everything from convention to academic All-America. And now we're here talking about your experiences about working from home. So take us through it. As a co-site of staff, you guys don't really have a, have a home office. So you guys work from your home offices on a daily basis. What's it like working from home? Well, thanks, Nick. Uh, yeah, we, when we did, decided to uh, stage this particular webinar, as we looked at it, we, we felt like that, you know, hey, we, we've done this for many years. It's a natural part of our existence. So uh, we wanted just to kind of uh, have a webinar and, and offer some some direction and advice based on our experiences. Our experiences may not fit everybody's, our situations are definite, de definitely can be different. This is a permanent situation for us. And the thing I wanna encourage, wanna stress today in, in, in somewhat of an, an encouraging piece of advice is don't forget this is a temporary situation for you. Uh, you're going to get past this reality at some point, um, but you, you've got to embrace the, the the aspect of that. You've got this. You'll figure it out. Uh, you know, office chairs and, and and meeting rooms all across the country are empty right now. Uh, you're not alone in this situation. So uh, embrace the challenge. Uh, understand what it is. And and today we're just going to talk about some of the fundamentals. Uh, what you know, what's in play, how it affects you mentally, how it affects your work output, uh, all those issues that are in play here in working remotely. Nick? Now, Doug, obviously, you know, from a COSIDA standpoint, you know, we can see you're, you're, you have a home office and such, but, you know, a lot of us are used to sitting at a cubicle or at an office where we've got pictures on the walls. What are some things maybe that you've done to make yourself feel more at home but more in an office setting? 
Well, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things you can do to enhance your situation. You know, there's a lot of statistics out there that say working remotely uh, enhances productivity. But I think I think one of the critical things is uh, is discipline uh, and having a dedicated workspace. And I realize that's not possible for everyone, but uh, you know, for us who work at home every day, uh, the dedicated workspace helps separate. Uh, uh, what we're dealing with. It, it, it takes away the distractions. You can have a lot of distractions uh, in, in this situation. Uh, but, but I think the other thing that's in play uh, for many of our members right now is, is the mental part of it, the, the whole mental health part of that, how this affects you and how you make this adjustment. Uh, there's ways to do it. There's tricks, uh, but there, there's certainly, uh, I think that's a real big key. One of the things that I think for some of us younger SIDs are just used to being able to talking with our, our peers, you know, someone uh, who, you know, you go to the water cooler with or you grab a cup of coffee with, you know, what do you as the leader of our organization do to kind of keep up with everyone in your staff? I know uh, Lori's going to talk a little bit of, a little bit later about some of those apps, but, you know, how do you guys stay you know, current with each other, you know, what happened in the ball game yesterday, you know, what happened on Dancing with the Stars? Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about all the tools that, that are out there from instant messaging and such, how you stay connected. But as a staff, uh, once this once this upside down world happened for us all, we all decided we're going to communicate more frequently. Uh, so we, we you normally have one staff meeting uh, a week where we're on go to meeting. We're all face-to-face, -face. And, and we try to make that a, a very open uh, situation. We all we all can contribute. We can all talk. Uh, we try to, to keep things uh, also personal. It's not just all work. It's understanding the, the things that are impacting all of our all of our staff members. Uh, we, we try to stay on top of that. Uh, but it's, it's just about communicating. You know, you just want to ration the distractions uh, that you're dealing with from home. And uh, but I'm, I'm fortunate. I have I have a staff that stays on top of what's going on in our world. They they uh, they stay in touch with people, with members. Uh, they follow uh, what's happening on social media, as I try to do. So it's important us to understand what's in play out there with our members and react to that and help and help deal with it. Let me ask you this question: Who's the first person to send you a text message about Tiger King? Because everyone's been binge watching it. I feel. I tell you what, uh, I just subscribed to Netflix uh, once this happened, my wife and I did, and we watched our first episode of Ozark last night. So I'm just getting into it, just finding out what Tiger King's all about. Uh, haven't haven't watched it yet, but uh, no, nobody sent me a text on that yet. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. We'll bring in Will Rolston now to talk a little bit about blogging and, you know, Will, you've done a great job on coastsided.com putting together some thoughts. Talk a little bit about some of your key points from your blog and you know, really what that does to, to help our, our, our members. Sure, yeah, I wrote uh, a blog appeared uh, on coastsided.com about a month and a half ago. Little did I know at the time how pertinent it would become in such a very short time and again it's just one person's you know experience and expanding upon how we use different systems for communication as a staff Doug mentioned a moment ago just how you know important communication is uh, you know and lots of it I really don't think you can communicate uh, too much 
uh, in a remote setting. Um, but working from home, as I mentioned, is not for everybody. The lead of, of my piece was that when I asked people, when I tell people that I work from home, they either say, wow, I wish I could do that, or I could never do that. It really never falls uh, in the middle. Uh, but we as staff got to choose to do this. We knew when we interviewed and ultimately got our current positions uh, that Casida was going to be a home-based uh, operation. Uh, you didn't quite have that uh, that luxury out there as, as, as SIDs, athletic staff, and really a lot of people in our country now. Uh, you were forced to do so, and at a moment's notice, and maybe even more so for those in athletics, uh, from going 90 miles an hour, 60-plus uh, hours a week, to a very different uh, home-based uh, setting. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you sometimes I wish I could go into an office just to, you know, break things up and do something a little little differently. Um, I will also say to take advantage of this opportunity. Again, the reason we're in here is obviously, uh, you know, unimaginable, uh, to say the least, but, you know, make sure to step away for, for lunch with your spouse or significant other for, or family. If you have an opportunity, uh, take a break and go outside for a, for a walk or run really take advantage of you know the opportunities uh, that you have now again we're fortunate you know we set up our offices you know we make sure we have comfortable chairs uh, those out here may have a makeshift office and you're sitting on a hard wooden uh, chair at your kitchen or dining room table uh, so a much different you know setting but make yourself as comfortable you know as possible if you're going to be sitting a lot you know you, you need to be comfortable or you need to get up and move about uh, and things like that so uh, I know we as staff appreciate the opportunity uh, to work, you know, from home. I'm in my ninth year doing this. Uh, Barb on our staff has been doing it even longer than that. So, um, you know, we're here to answer, you know, any questions and, and try to make your experiences as good as it can be, even though, as Doug mentioned earlier, it's a temporary and hopefully shorter rather than longer situation for each of you. Now, in the old world, uh, and I don't like using it in that context, but, you know, when you'd work from home, your kids would be at school or your wife or significant other would be at their job. Well, now everyone's home. So how are you dealing with being able to do your job, maybe having to be a substitute teacher for homeschooling, you know, having to worry about other people when it used to be Will would have control of the house for, the, for those work hours? Sure. I would actually love to hear from what maybe some of our uh, attendees can speak to that uh, today and share some best practice. My uh, three boys, I have two in college. Uh, they were both commuting, so they were both home on a regular basis anyway. And my youngest is uh, a junior you know, in high school. So they're very self-sufficient. Um, the older two, of course, in college are now doing remote learning. Uh, my youngest will start e-learning uh, at his high school, you know, from his high school uh from a home base setting here in a couple weeks uh i can't imagine those people who are out there that have you know elementary or preschool age age kids who you know need to have some instruction or hands-on assistance uh to do homework or to do learning whether it's computer-based or you know flashcards or or whatever so uh i won't try to tell anybody how how to do that uh, that certainly adds another level to uh, the responsibility that, that someone may have and and uh, may keep you from sitting at your desk or doing work as much as you might otherwise like to. You talk about working from your desk and, and I think you mentioned this being able to go up and go out and, and have lunch with, with someone. What's a typical day for you guys, like for you specifically? Are you, are you glued to the chair? Are you someone who likes to move around when you're thinking, you know, we, we see 
in office settings, people will sit at their desks or, you know, they'll, they'll go out and have lunch every once in a while. But what is the appropriate way of working from home? You know, you definitely need to get up and move about. I mean, I certainly go down to my kitchen and, you know, when it's, when it's time for, for lunch, I make sure not to, to eat at my desk unless, uh, you know, a webinar or another online meeting forces me to be at my computer uh, over the noon hour here in the uh, Eastern time zone. But I usually start my morning first every morning kind of routine is to check Cosidus financials, pay bills, uh, issue invoices, things like that. And beyond that, schedule out the day with whatever it holds in terms of meetings or other uh, obligations. Uh, I have a couple of dogs. If you can see the floor next to me, my, my two blue pit bulls are asleep on the floor. And, you know, I get out to take them for a walk a couple times a day, which is, you know, re requires me to get up out of my seat, go outside, uh, hopefully get some fresh air, uh, weather permitting, um, you know, and, and make sure I'm, you know, not on too late, you know, after a, a five o'clock uh, time, you know, usually when we're in the midst, probably the next month or so, or in a usual spring when I'll be preparing for a convention, there might be some late nights as there would be for all of our staff, but, you know, try to keep that uh, between, a, you know, an eight to five time frame as, as much as possible. Thanks, Will. Appreciate your time. Uh, we'll have Barb Cobalt come on right now. And uh, Barb, you and I are going to chat a little bit about routine and having some discipline. And, you know, you and I have had some great conversations over the last week or so about just, you know, how to how to live your life right now. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of those things, being in good habits. You know, um, you know, I think we, we, we've made the joke about, you know, taking a shower, wearing work attire, don't sit in your pajamas all the time. But what are some good things about working from home that can make you still feel that you're in an office setting. Right. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Nick, for this. And uh, obviously, thank you for hosting um, our webinars on this. You know, um, I, I, if, you, if I can call your attention to the screen where um, everyone has to give themselves permission to be a little bit anxious of, of working at home. When you look at the stat that only less than 6% of American employees a year and a half ago, two years ago, work from home. This is brand new territory for most people. And you know, the one thing that um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about, because I struggle with it very much, I love to be in, in the know, I love to bounce projects back and forth, but being distracting, being distracted and having temptations is the first rule of thumb if you're gonna be successful at working at home. You need to alleviate those distractions. Doug talked a little bit about it. Um, Will hinted at some of those as well. You know, we know that you miss the creativity and socializing ideas, collaboration in a workplace. Um, and there are more distractions at home. You know, you can easily do the laundry. Maybe you can go and, 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 and watch a Netflix show. You know, maybe you're tempted to go online and play a video game. But you know what? The one thing is that I found and that we found over a little bit of time is that when we all came from work environments where we were in offices. But now that we're remote, the one thing that we find is without the interruption of a staff member, a coach, a student athlete popping in and out, it's something I listed on the screen that says content switching. Um, all those interruptions have you uh, switch your context back and forth, back and forth, and it's hard to get centered again. So the one good thing is you can be a little bit more productive uh, by being at home and following some, you know, routine. And it's really, really hard to train yourself um, how to stay productive in a home environment if you're not used to doing that. And the one thing that I would emphasize for everyone is, you know, you might have to take a look in the mirror and say, how can I be a little bit more disciplined? And one way is 
you've got to set routines. Um, you know, what is your morning routine? Has it always been to make breakfast and step out? Has it been to stop at, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, grab a coffee and go to work? Well, if that's the case, replicate that in your, in your home environment. Um, you know, make that dedicated workspace. Um, have that morning routine and organize lunch and snacks. Uh, there's one thing that, you know, everybody's stressed right now. Everybody has amazing concerns about what's happening. Um, but, but think about some of the things that, that we've talked about and that you know, um, a healthy lifestyle helps you through these times. You don't wanna do um, tremendous amount of carb loading or, or snacking all the time. You know, Think about healthy snacks. Think about getting up out of that chair. And I've listed a lot of things about, uh, you know, set a timer. You know, work 45 minutes and take a break. No one was meant to be sedentary. And um, that's the one thing that we struggle with sometimes, getting locked in and being too sedentary. So just provided a lot of tips um, you know, there's some time tracking apps that you might do, or just set your phones app um, and go from there. But the most important thing is understand when you see limitation, I mean, when you see distractions coming, stop yourself from getting distracted. Nick? Yeah, Bob, I think those are some great, some great points here. And even just reading, you know, some of the lists you've put on there and, and, and ways to self-educate yourself. Um, obviously, listening to our podcast, folks are taking some time out of their day, um, you know, if you're working on a project, you know, don't feel that you can't surf Twitter to see what other schools are doing. That's a that's a good mm -hmm. way to, to learn. And, and you know, there's even, um, you know, there's LinkedIn learning if you want to learn, yeah. learn a new uh, skill, which is what we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but how do you, when we stay productive and we, you know, we're trying to talk with other colleagues, you know, how do you, how do you do that while also staying on task with your work? You may get a phone call from from another SID, or you may get a call from you know one of your vendors. How do you stay on task so that you're not having you know what would be a happy hour call in that conversation, but a business call? Right, and, and that's I think that's one thing that's always going to happen, whether you're at home or especially when you're in the office. You are going to have those interruptions, and those are important interruptions. Taking a phone call from a committee chair is really important to me. Answering an email from someone who might be struggling um, online to do an you know to do a scholarship application that's important. So if you can limit your personal disruptions, limit your personal um, distractions, then when you do have those quote unquote office uh, interruptions for important tasks, then you won't be so flustered and you'll be able to get back on track easily. So, you know, this is not a cut and dry thing. You can't say, you know what, kids, I'm gonna close my door and, you know, for the next three hours, I'm gonna be working and do not interrupt, do not come in this room. Um, that's, that, that's unrealistic. But if you can actually set up a routine for yourself um, which again might require more discipline than if you're in an office setting, you will limit your own personal distractions so that when you are called away for a phone call or your boss might say, hey, I'd love to have a Zoom check-in in 30 minutes, you're not gonna be totally flustered and frustrated. So it all starts with the personal and being a little bit more uh, disciplined. I keep using that word because that is the one of the, you know, uh, limit your distractions, limit your temptations, and then you won't feel so scattershot. Thanks, Barb, for your uh, insight on how to stay productive. And, and it's funny, you and I talk a lot about this, and I think it's definitely mm -hmm. very important to make sure that you do stay on task, but also at the same point, checking in on people and, and making sure that you still treat your 
you know, your office, your home life, like you would treat your office life by talking with your colleagues and friends and, and, and making them part of your, your daily routine. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you want to check in with your colleagues for work-related issues. You don't want to work in a vacuum, like I mentioned on my sheet. Uh, you also want to socialize with folks. And uh, that's so important that you, that you continue that. And everybody works in different ways. Everyone has an ability to, you know, some people are extroverts, some people are introverts. Some people need that social interaction more than others. Um, you know, th that's something that is really hard to work on being at home, but you know, reach out to your, uh, reach out to friends, reach, I mean, reach out to your colleagues, um, not just for work-related um, subjects, but for socialization. I, I know that our Zoom, our Zoom chats, our Cosada coffee shops have been really popular. People just need that outlet. You know, I know people are doing it on their own. Uh, Cosada colleagues are getting together and chatting at night. So it's obvious that we need that social connection as well. And that's important. Just don't forget about that. The other thing I want to say is, you know, when you do have meetings, um, it doesn't matter if you're the senior staff member or the junior staff member. Be active and be heard. Make sure that you that you are uh, verbal or that you follow up with emails uh, just as a check in to let people know that you're contributing to the team's effort. Cool. Thanks, Barb. And Bo, now we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about. Um, physical aspects of an office and, and how you can be a little more efficient and comfortable, um, obviously in a creative side that, that you work for within Cosida, what are some of the things that you're doing to, to stay active and, and... Thanks, or Nick. Um, you know, um, they asked me to talk about my office setup um, because I'm the most uh, vocal about it. Um, the, to me, the, the most important thing is to create yourself a comfortable working space. Um, I have worked from home at least part-time for about nine years now. And one thing that is definitely true for me is it's hard to get up from the desk because there's always one more thing you can get done. Oh, I can do this and then I can have lunch and then you do three things and next thing you know, it's two in the afternoon. Um, so I have taken some steps to uh, make myself a little more uh, comfortable and active in my workspace. Um, the things I put on the screen here, you know, just pay attention to, to your ergonomics and your posture. Um, you don't want to, when you get old, have sciatic pain and everything else from sitting in a chair all day. And that's really what happens when you work from home, because you don't have somebody coming in your office saying, hey, let's go for a walk around the arena. Or, uh, you know, you don't get up and go to lunch because, you know, your kitchen is 10 feet away. Um, so you gotta have comfortable places to sit. Um, I would also suggest to switch things up, you know, um, stand sometimes, maybe sit outside, go out on your deck if you're able to, or your porch. Um, you know, I think that's still allowed. We can go out on our porch, um, but um, switch things up. Try to get some natural light. I have a window right here next to me. Um, and th those things are important to keep yourself from going crazy. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is consider the technology um, when you're when you're setting things up around your house. Um, you know, you get if you're on Wi-Fi, you need to be close to the router. Uh, there's a big difference between sending emails and surfing the internet and being on a Zoom call. And a lot of people are learning about these Zoom calls. Uh, you know, the, our staff we're used to them, but a lot of people are just doing them for the first time in the last few weeks. Um, 
you want that experience to be good for yourself and for the people on the other end. So I always wear headphones. Every call is better with headphones. Uh, my wife, she's a speech therapist. She's down in the basement right now doing sessions. We went and bought her a pair of headphones and her sessions are much more enjoyable for her and, and the people she's doing that with. Um, my next slide here, um, this is a picture I just kind of took of my office this morning. So 95% of the time I am either standing at my desk, leaning on that stool, or I am sitting on this exercise ball. Um, I don't actually have a real office chair and I have found that to be much better uh, in the long term for my back, my feet, my legs. Um, so consider that when you're when you're thinking, you know, if you've got a kitchen counter, maybe you want to just stand in there for an hour. Um, you know, uh, exercise balls aren't very expensive. And uh, my desk, you, you can see a little button there on the right. It's got a button where I can make the desk go up and down. Now, you're not going to do that for just working at home for a month. But, um, you know, you can switch it up, sit at your coffee table on an exercise ball or stand at your kitchen counter, whatever you, whatever you can do to kind of switch it up and not get in that same position all day long. The last thing that I was going to touch on, um, and we've gotten a few questions in the chat, and, and uh, Nick, you asked Will a little bit about this, but I have two middle schoolers working on school in the other room right now. And as I mentioned, my wife's down doing speech therapy. So I am uh, COSIDA Director of Creative Services. I'm Assistant Lunch Lady. I am sixth and eighth grade teacher or principal. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now and it, it can be stressful for people who aren't used to it. Um, when my kids were younger, like I said, I've been working from home at least part-time for about eight or nine years. Uh, my youngest, he was about three. So, uh, you know, I had days at home with him where I was trying to work and, and you know, it can be challenging. Um, what I put on the screen here is really what I believe is, is the first thing is to have some grace with your spouse and kids. You know, um, you're going to get irritated uh, with people that you're around more than you're used to. Uh, but you have to uh, remember that these are the people that you love and you want to, um, you know, take a step back and realize that not everything is they're not going to be perfect and you're not going to be perfect. Um, when it comes to my kids' school, like I said, they're doing online learning, like I'm sure some of your um, kids are. I say treat them the way you would hope your boss would treat you. Um, give them some ex expectations and some responsibilities. Uh, you know, before this call started, I, I announced to, the, to them, I have something that I'm going to be on for the next 45 minutes to an hour. Here's what you should do during that time. And then I'll see you then and we can talk about it if, if we need to. Um, give them the freedom to get done what they need done, especially if your kids are as old as mine, they know what they need to do. So they don't need you checking on them every 10 minutes. Give them, give them the jobs, tell them to do it, and give them a chance to do it. At the same time, one of my sons, he had assignments from I think it was five different classes. Just like I was talking about when I started, they don't, he doesn't need to sit in a chair for five or six hours straight either. So encourage breaks, 
um, have lunch with your family if you can. Um, talk to them. Remember that they're not getting that social time that they would normally get at lunch or recess or whatever at school, and they need that. Um, you can't go bunker in your room for three hours and get mad every time they walk in. My family knows if my door is closed, that means I'm on something like this webinar, and you know it's not appropriate to distract me. But otherwise, if my door is open, which it is most of the time, they're welcome to come in, and I'll stop we'll talk about what problem they're having as soon as this gets done i got to figure out how to scan my son's math homework in color because that's what his teacher requires um the last thing uh i wanted to say um was you know show appreciation for the extra effort everyone in your house is putting forward you know um my wife she's working twice as hard as she normally does when she goes into the office and she's stressed but she still gets um, our groceries purchased. She still, we work together to make sure our kids have lunch and snacks. And, um, you know, a thank you, a, a recognition of the fact that people are going above and beyond what they normally do, I think is really appreciated. Nick? So I got to ask the question, what was on the lunch menu today? Well, you know, I was, as I was saying that I was, you know, I live in Colorado, so it's lunchtime <laughs> right now. So as soon as we can, we can get this over with, we can get in, get in there and have lunch. Sloppy Joe's still on the, uh, on the old. Well, you know, menu. Sloppy Joe's, uh, that square pizza that they used to have. Maybe we'll have that. We had that yesterday. So one of the things, one of the things that, and, and you made a great point about technology, and, and this is something that popped in my mind. What would have happened if this pandemic happened 15 years ago where there wasn't social media where there wasn't you know high speed internet how would our and and this is just me just thinking of it as as we're going along but like how would our industry from a, especially from what you do from a creative side how would we survive that's a huge question you just asked uh, looks like Lori has a thought it's something that literally just popped in my head but honestly <laughs> like i think you know yeah. and, I, I do remember from hearing stories, you know, from uh, from one of my old bosses that at one of the Cositas, it was, hey, guys, the Internet's coming. You, you need to get with the times. I think was I it like a back to Texas. I can think back to the people I worked with at that time. And I know for a fact we would have been well connected on the phone, text messaging. You know, you said 15 years ago. I believe we had that then. Um, I think it would have been a whole different experience, but uh, Laurie, what do you what do you think? Well, I actually that was one of the things I was going to say when I did come on next or whenever, and I'm going to talk really slow so Bo's lunch hour is delayed as much as it can possibly be delayed. <laughs> um, so I have worked for two organizations uh, from home, and 15 years ago I worked for a consulting company at home. And uh, Bo, to answer your question, I got my first text message ever while working at that company. So it was just beginning to be a way of, of connecting. But other than that, we emailed each other. We did not have Zoom. We didn't, I mean, maybe GoTo existed, but that, that was not the way we held our meetings. Um, if I wanted to communicate with the coworkers 15 years ago from home, I, I emailed them or I called them 
from a phone. Um, I got my first smartphone, I think, when uh, 15 years ago, maybe. Now, I don't. It wasn't certainly wasn't as smart as these phones are today, but um, yeah, it was a completely different thing. So I just want to pop in and say that. No, but I, but I do think it's interesting and it's important that you know, for all the work that all of the SIDs are doing, you know we're in a world right now that allows us to do what we're doing. And if we were in, you know, different times, you know, it would be, it would be tougher to do. Um, but I think like you said, Bo, just, you know, being able to do different things and setting times and, and expectations, I think is, is super important. Um, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see once we go back to our, our office lives, if some of these things that we've learned, we take with us. I agree, Nick. Um... You know, uh, time will tell how people uh, re-enter their their form or their you know their old normal. Everybody keeps calling this a new normal. It's the current normal. Uh, I don't think it will be the long-term normal, uh, but things will change, and um, you know we'll see uh, what what things that we're coming up with now what will outlast uh, you know this virus and this. Uh, the situation that we're in. We're probably getting some good ideas now that we'll use for years to come. Thanks, Bo, appreciate that. Lori, time for you to uh, talk a little bit about how you communicate with your teams, your coaches, your staffs, your student athletes, and your supervisors. Sure, thanks, Nick. Um, so I'm, I'm not gonna be telling um, you guys anything that you don't already know. There is a, um, a slide up now that just talks about all these tools that we use. Um, uh, we just, oh gosh, I don't know, probably about a year, year and a half ago, moved to Slack as our um, instant messaging tool for staff. It's free. Uh, you can set up all different kinds of channels. We have a random channel where we just go post stories or comments. Um, we have an association management channel, which we, we post ideas for how to um, manage our association. And then we have, um, you know, just a general channel where we put all of our, our discussion throughout the day. Um, we have moved to a project management tool called Trello. It also has free um, uh, free access. Um, you know, so many other, we're, we're doing this Zoom. Um, we're doing a lot more Zooms. We have GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar. So, you know, all these things here you can see as potential ways to communicate with your staff, manage documents, um, manage your team, manage your projects. Um, so, uh, the, and, and one thing I think is really important about these tools right now is that um, I don't go on Twitter ever that I don't see something from the people who uh, own Slack or Trello uh, or Zoom um, talking about their free webinars for how to learn how to use these tools. So I think it's, um, it's really important to become familiar with them so that when somebody does say, hey, let's have a Zoom meeting, you know where to find you know, how to how to silence your microphone or how to turn your camera on or off or how to have a chat uh, with the whole group or, you know, just um, specific groups during the, uh, the webinar. Um, but there are a couple of things that, you know, I think we've all learned and I certainly in my two times doing this work from home um, gig is that there, there's a real big pitfall to communicating through these tools. And that is um, that you don't really, you know, we've all known this by text messaging, especially, you don't see somebody's, you don't hear a voice inflection or you don't see a facial expression. And um, so those things together really, basically they leave it up to us to interpret the tone, 
uh, that someone is using to deliver a message. Um, you know, there's not a filter for gratitude or sarcasm or, or wittiness. Uh, um, you, don't, you don't always know if somebody has hurt feelings when they're responding to you or if they're angry. And we're sort of left to interpret that on our own. Um, so just, you know, some solutions here. Um, pick up the phone, call that person. You know, um, I don't always understand uh, Bo's, Bo's comments sometimes or, or Barb's. And, and if, I, if I think that, you know, I'm misinterpreting, I call them up and I say, hey, I don't, I don't get what you're saying right here. Are you mad at me? Uh, do you need me to do something? Um, so don't leave it to chance, right? Um, I would say to err on the, on the side of people are pretty much positive, uh, but if there's something that you don't understand or that you don't think you're interpreting quite right, call up your coworker and ask them if, if you understand what they're saying. Um, Always uh, use your best manners when you're sending things to coworkers or colleagues because you know these tools, very similar to email, when you reply all uh, and you only mean to reply to one person, uh, you can really get you know you can really get caught um, by saying something inappropriate about one of your coworkers or, or somebody that you work with. So um, and then on the next page, oh no, there it is. Um, etiquette. So Bo talked about headphones. I, I do the same thing. Um, limit your distractions that you know, close your door, people aren't walking uh, behind you. Um, and and don't one thing is when we don't use headphones, sometimes we forget that every little sound that we hear our colleagues can hear on the other end too. So don't assume that your, your coworkers aren't hearing what exactly what you're hearing. Um, mute your line if you're not speaking, turn off your camera if, um, you know, if you're not the person who's, uh, if, if that's the way you set up the call and, and you're not speaking, turn off your camera, turn off your, uh, your audio. Take turns speaking. You know, a raise of the hand is <laughs> kind of where we're at now because we don't wanna speak over each other. Um, and, and let other people speak. Um, so um, I would just, you know, end by saying that, you know, very similar to you guys, I have um, my husband's at home working and I have a college age son who's home doing grad school online. And um, just exactly like Bo said, um, you know, my husband works in the travel industry and it's hugely hit, um, he's very stressed. Um, my college-age son had all the freedom in the world when he was living in, a, in an apartment with three other guys his age. Um, he's crabby. Um, we've all had to walk away from each other uh, instead of saying something really um, nasty or hurtful uh, because we all truly do um, understand that the situation is not what you know is not what we wanted, but it's kind of what we got. So um, please be sure to extend the extra grace to. Uh, your coworkers and those people that you're sharing office space with. And um, we're so happy that that we know that this for you is not a permanent situation. We like it, we have no problem with it, but we understand that you wanna be back on your campuses soon. So um, take care and, and uh, Nick, back to you. Actually, we're gonna stay, you and I, for a couple minutes to have a okay. couple questions that have come through. Uh, one question's come in is uh, someone who lives alone um, but as a social butterfly, how do they interact with people? I think there's one way that you and Bo and Will are starting to promote. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have a book club coming up 
uh, Zoom book club on Sunday. So um, I belong to a book club for like 12 years and uh, we're not missing. We, we meet every month and this will be the first time that we haven't been able to meet in person and uh, we're gonna do it on a Zoom call. Um, so, and, and I, I know that, you know, you have peers out there and if you have the ability to do Zoom or FaceTime, um, I would, um, I would, I would make that date with them. Nick? Yeah, I also think too that, you know, if someone feels isolated, um, and this was kind of part of the, the discussion I was going to bring up is don't feel afraid to make a phone call. You know, I know we talk about having to work our hours and such, but if you have a friend in the industry, networking is, is, is exactly, you know, what our time is to be used for as well. You know, call another SID, call an AD, call someone and, and talk about what they're doing on their campus. I think sometimes hearing another voice may help you know, even if it's, you know, not an opportunity to be out with them publicly, but just talking to somebody and, you know, interacting that way. I've seen a lot of, um, you know, a lot of SIDs are doing like Google Hangouts with each other or, or brunches or happy hours. So I think if you're, if you're someone who, you know, likes to be out and likes to be part of the party, there are ways to do it without having to actually sit at the restaurant, you know. Um, right. I've had some, a couple, you know, happy hours where, you know, we all say, okay, take out a drink and, and we sit and chat and we, we play music or, you know, we've, we've just found a way with one of the uh, trivia groups that I'm part of that we're doing trivia through Google Hangout. It, you're yeah. going to cheat it somehow, but it's, it's still cool. It's still an awesome opportunity to do it. Um, but I do think these are great ways for mm -hmm. folks who, you know, may feel a little bit isolated because they may not have somebody else to talk to of ways to, to to interact with each other whether it's nine to five or, or five to, to nine the other way around oh absolutely you you know you set me up for that and i kind of failed whenever i didn't mention just actually picking up the phone <laughs> and calling but uh but i do like that we have tools now where we can see each other's faces if, if you know if you don't want to be on camera all the time phone's a great opportunity i will say also um and you know i'm not really used to being a nice person but i have a neighbor who lives by herself and I'm checking in on her just by text message. Um, and she, right now she needs nothing. But I think sometimes to look outside of ourselves and okay, we're in this situation, we're by ourselves, we're alone, we'd love to talk to somebody. Do I have a neighbor? Do I have a, you know, an older aunt or uncle or, or somebody that we can just check on and sort of feel like we're, you know, like maybe we're doing something a little nice for someone else. I think that's also, um, something I would encourage people to do. Yeah, we're going to take some other questions. Um, and I think this one would be a great uh, time to talk with Bo once again um, about, you know, interviews and being creative. Um, you know, if someone's interested in doing an interview um, or side by side, what are some options? I know, you know, one of the options that we've worked through with COSIDA has been a company like Blinder, but what are some of those other options out there i know we've seen you know with instagram you can do an instagram video but how can you as an sid stay relevant and keep doing those interviews when you may not be able to have the student athlete next to you yeah that's a great question um you know there's there's a lot of tools available to set up interviews and um you know when i'm scrolling through twitter or facebook i'm seeing some amazing um, ideas that different offices and individuals are coming up with. Um, if you're having a hard time figuring out how to connect with your coaches or your um, or your student athletes, 
or even like your supervisors, like maybe you wanna, um, maybe your athletic director, you'd like to do something with that person. Um, you mentioned Blinder. Um, that is a tool that, um, if you're not familiar with Blinder, they've been a, um, a great supporter and friend of our organization for some time now. Um, if you've seen our Academic All-America of the Year interviews uh, this year, we have been using the Blinder technology and it has been, it has just made it infinitely easier on us because obviously um, we don't work on the campus um, with all these winners. And our, so it's between me and then Nicole Watson at Chicago, who is on the committee. Um, we, we get these interviews set up using Blinders technology where we can enter the details of, uh, of two people. And then they get uh, text messages or emails. And all they have to do is click basically what amounts to a Zoom link. And they, uh, and they have their interview. And then we get uh, a recording of it and um and off we go to create our content um that is one tool um and uh if you're looking for hopefully you know some of your local media or even national media that are still working but uh i gotta think that at this time they're looking for stories this probably is the best time ever to pitch a story uh, and if you want to set up a, uh, an interview between a, a member of the media and one of your student athletes, but you're not really interested in giving out phone numbers, this product is for you. Um, they, uh, they have plans for uh, large offices and small offices alike. So it, I don't think it's cost prohibitive. I've seen some, some smaller schools using it. Um, Paul Smith at Texas Woman's University comes to mind. He would be a good resource if you wanted to reach out to him. Um, but also, you know, if you don't want to pay for anything, um, Zoom will work great. Um, I, I know of some SIDs that have been setting up uh, Zoom calls with media um, and student athletes, and that gives you the chance to, to be on at the same time and can help answer questions if, the, if your uh, interviewer needs something from you. So there's options out there. and. Um, I think that if you if you're looking for more ideas, Cosida Connect or any of the Facebook groups are great places to reach out and get ideas from people. Nick, thanks, Bo. Another way, another way that you can do it as well. This is some, one of the ways that I like to do it with my men's basketball teams. I'll have the reporter call me, and then I'll three-way and add a call to that student athlete. So the only person who sees the phone number is myself so a reporter won't get a student athlete's number they'll have my number um, and then i can kind of handle the conversation jump in when needed if there's an inappropriate question um, and, and i think it makes a student athlete feel comfortable that you know you're just adding them to a line and you can stand next to them you know they don't have to touch your phone for you know they can be on their own phone they can be sitting on the in the back of the bus and or if it's a coach um, so that's a, another option uh, another question's come in for Barb, um, and this is a good one. We talked about how to start your day and what to do in the middle of your day, but hey, Barb, how do you close your day? Right, and, and I think that's, thank you, Nick, for that, and thank you for that question. I think that a if you start your day with a routine, I think you should create a habit that will signal the close of your workday. 
Um, it's really, really difficult. And I think everyone on our staff can admit it's really hard to push away from the desk when that desk and that laptop might be 10 feet away from you, might be, might be um, in your bedroom, it might be in your living room where you're sharing space with others. So, you know, how can you do this? How can you create a habit that signals the close of the workday? I'm gonna be the first to admit that I should follow my own, um, my own lesson here and my own advice, but, you know, can you sign off on a, on a business me messaging app, you know? Do you sign off on Slack if you're using that with your team? They know that you're done. There's some of our staff members that are great at putting a little sleep signal up. Um, can you signal the end of your day by, you know, taking a walk? Uh, walking your dog, um, you know, something as simple as shutting down your computer, putting on a favorite uh, podcast. Maybe that's the way that you do it. You know, whatever you choose to do, do it consistently uh, to mark the end of your working hours. You know, one example is this. Everyone probably has one laptop or one computer. So when your laptop is hooked up to your monitor and your external keyboard, maybe that's your work time. So if it's on your lap, and you take it then, maybe that's your personal time. That's a way to distinguish your one working piece of equipment from work to personal environment. You know, you might want to go as far as, you know, creating a separate, um, uh, you know, space on your hard drive for your work and then your, or on your desktop for work and then for, for pleasure. So I, I think that that's important. And the other thing I want to say, and I think Lori mentioned this, Doug mentioned this, everyone mentioned this. The one thing, if you take another thing away from this webinar is, you can never over communicate enough when you're working remotely. You know, um, it requires you to, to, to over communicate. Uh, you know, tell people about your work schedule, tell them about your availability often. If you finish a project, if you finish something on your to-do list, an important task, say so. Tell your supervisor, tell your colleague that you're working with. Um, over communicating doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to give them a to-do list and a checklist every day, but it does mean repeating yourself and letting people know that you're on task. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Barbara. A couple of great suggestions have come in and, you know, one from Jim Powers talks about, you know, having worked from home in the past, one of the things that he's learned is to put together that daily task list. It doesn't need to be long, but just a short list of things to accomplish on a daily basis. And thanks, Jim, for that suggestion. Um, we'll bring in, we'll bring back Doug uh, Vance to talk a little bit about being a leader. And, you know, I think I, I kind of brought this up to you uh, in the open, but with with COSIDA not having, you know, an actual office where you've got, you know, you in one desk and Barb and the rest and everybody else, how do you become a virtual leader when you may not be able to see the person you're leading on a daily basis? Well, I think one of the one of the big adjustments for me when I started this uh, aspect of working remotely was understanding the uh, that working remotely puts a bigger emphasis on trust and accountability. Um, it's really important that you empower people to manage their own time. Uh, you know, if you supervise someone uh, and you have concerns about their work habits, you have a lot bigger problems than, than just the concept of working remotely. Um, you know, the, the, as, as the staff has talked about, the emphasis isn't about keeping office hours necessarily. The final measure should be uh, the scope of delivery, uh, getting work done. Time in the seat is no longer a work metric. Um, you shouldn't be concerned about occupying uh, your desk uh, on, a, on a regular routine. Uh, you know, that's that's not the atmosphere uh, that it pro it's more of a project delivery. Uh, 
and, and as, a, as someone who has to report to someone, it's important for you to uh, talk about the things you, you do in this in this environment. You have to you have to uh, send information out. You have to over communicate, as Barb talked about. Um, I think that's really important to send that message. But uh, if you're in a supervisor role, you got to trust your your people to get things done. You shouldn't have to worry that much about what they're getting done. Their work output uh, will demonstrate uh, what they're what they're achieving. You know, some I've had some conversations with some other SIDs through this because obviously, for a lot of us, this is brand new. A lot of us haven't had the opportunity or or had a reason to, to work from home. You know, some of the comments that I've got is that it's almost it's it's challenging because you don't get to have that physical conversation. You know, where you're sitting, you know, in an office together and they're sitting at your at a chair next to your desk and you know when you're on a computer having a, a conversation you know maybe that person's muted themselves and you know you're not getting body language and stuff so how do you how do you help or assist somebody who may be you know feeling that this is a tough time as a leader or a tough time as a you know as as a worker where you don't feel that you're getting the full attention of that person you're speaking with well, it, it's a tough situation. It's going to vary from individual to individual. But as we've talked about today, technology allows you to connect with, connect anytime, uh, anywhere, with anywhere, with anyone in the world. And I just think it, you over communicate. And, and and our staff knows that I, I'm guilty of that. I, I try to uh, uh, involve them in all decisions and all big decisions, not just in the area where they they work, but. Uh, all big decisions that, that affect us as an organization. Um, I think uh, someone mentioned it, I believe it was Laurie, uh, don't forget to get on the phone and talk to people. Um, I'm old school about that. I, I think that's something that's a skill that uh, we don't take advantage of often enough. And it's, it's impactful, it's important. And um, I just think communication right now is, is really the big key uh, when you're not with people on a, on, a, on a regular basis or around them or have access to them directly. Um, use the technology that you have available to you. Um, let them know what you're doing. Uh, and, you know, it's important that right now you take advantage of this situation. Um, you know, uh, all of a sudden you've got workplace flexibility. Uh, I think that's a, a, a lot, a very important to take advantage of that freedom in your environment. You know, some other questions have come through and please make sure to send us your comments and questions and suggestions. Um, and this question, I guess we'll, we'll stick with you, Doug, but if anybody um, on our panel feels that they'd like to jump in on this one, uh, please do. A uh, question comes in and talking about how do you demonstrate to your supervisor or colleagues like what you're working on? I know we've talked about over communicating, but, you know, what are some good ideas for check-ins? I think Lori may have said this before and Doug, I know you said this as well as and even Barb let them know when you finish the task. But what if it's, you know, something that are, are, are is it just sending out at five o'clock, hey, here's my work log, or hey, you know, check the back end of the website. You can see that we've posted X amount of stories or check social media. Well, I, I think you, you look at that somewhat uh, in, the same, in the same way you, you, you do it when you're working directly with people. You, you show your work, you talk about your work, you just do it in a different fashion. You may do it uh, by sending them a report or an update. Uh, our staff is great about, uh, mm -hmm. about doing that. We send out documents to each other. We share information. And um, it's the simple concept that we've said several times today. 
over communicate, keep people informed, let them know uh, what you're doing. Uh, if you're doing something new and creative, make them aware of that. Uh, keep them, just keep them updated on what you're doing. Laurie? Yeah, I was just gonna add um, that a tactic that we've learned to use on our staff is if we're in the middle of a meaty project, something that we really don't need distraction, we just need to get our head down and, and do it, uh, we'll tell each other, uh, checking off Slack, not, you know, not gonna get your Slack messages, not gonna participate in, in discussion because I'm, you know, I'm off the grid for a little bit. I'm doing Academic All-America something. Um, so if you think that there's a chunk of time that you need that uh, to, to get something crossed off your to-do list or a, you know, just a project that you're sinking your teeth into because you've got the time to do it now, uh, make sure that your coworkers know I'm not checking email. I'm not checking instant messaging. I'm I'm head head down doing this project. Doug, Nick. Yeah, I think a, another question into that, Lori, um, and please stay with us for this one. Um, is you know, how do you think people are are feeling when that situation happens? When it is okay, you know, grind time and and your that, that green light's not on. Do you think there's some people that are, that might be feeling judged or you know, um, maybe overly evaluated by their supervisor because, you know, oh, hey, he didn't respond to an email that was sent out 20 minutes ago, or, you know, um, there's a project that's, that this individual is working on that we haven't heard from him. Is that something that people should feel a little bit concerned and worried about? Or, you know, especially in, in, in this time, you know, let people do what they need to do. They'll get it, they'll get it done. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're not in a world right now where, you know, news needs to hit every, every five seconds. Yeah. I, I feel like it's our own personal nature to feel judged about things like that. I think it's hard to not, not get that sense every once in a while. Um, when my kids were little and I was working at the NCAA, I had to leave, uh, work every day at five o'clock to get to the daycare where they were because they closed up shop at 5:30. And if you know anything about the people that work at the NCAA, they are, you know, there are people there until seven or eight o'clock at night, whatever. Well, they didn't have my life situation, but when I walked out that door, I felt like a hundred sets of eyes on my back thinking, why is she leaving so early? It's only five o'clock. Um, and I learned that, um, A, nobody cares what my situation is. They're all thinking about their own situation. So I had no need to feel judged. Um, ultimately, your work and the quality of it is what is going to resonate with your supervisor. And you know, I'll, I'll just go back to what Doug said. Um, there has to be trust. And if you don't have trust between you and, your, you and your supervisor for that person to know that you're gonna get your work done, you're gonna do it well and at a high level, then your problems are, are much deeper than um, being judged because you don't re re respond right away to a Slack message or an email or a, a phone call. Doug? And I think as a supervisor, you've gotta set the tone what your expectations are. Um, I think that's really critical to let people that work uh, for you understand what the expectations are, what the uh, delivery should be, and make them comfortable. As Lori said, I go back to it constantly, uh, trust and accountability. Uh, you've got to relax in this atmosphere. Understand uh, that we don't want to add stress to everybody's plate. There's enough stress out there right now in this uh, in this upside down world. And so, um, is is statistics indicate people can be more productive in this environment if you give them uh, a respect and you give them trust and turn them loose 
and then uh, and then just judge them by the work they they produce. It's pretty simple. Nick, sorry about that. Thought I might have lost you guys for a second. Um, yeah, I think exactly like what you said. I think, and Lori, to your point, um, you know, everyone's going to feel a little bit judged no matter what because there's no actual physical daily interaction with your with your supervisor or your coworkers where you can actually talk about things that are happening. Um, you know, one of the things I think is from, from I guess my side of this whole thing as as being an SID is making sure that you are communicating with your coaches so that you know when your coaches are having meetings with their administrator they can say oh i spoke with my sid we have a plan or you know i've spoken with some of my student athletes so you know i think that whole thing will definitely help um, in the long run um you know i think some of the other the other things we as a as a group need to do is, is make sure that we are still in communication with everyone um you know, I think from from what I'm doing at George Washington, we're constantly, you know, having staff meetings. We're having FaceTimes every, you know, at 10:15 every day. So that's one of the important things um, to to do and to to stay relevant with not only your staff but your supervisor. Um, you know, I know my supervisor says, "Hey, my phone's on. If you need me, shoot me a text or call." And to be honest with you, I talked with him before our webinar to ask him a couple of the questions and some of the topics were that you know everything that you know is talked about was actually you know resonating with him and, and got some of his input as well well I, I think it's a matter of uh in this whole situation that we're talking about working remotely i think it's a matter of establishing a, a, a rhythm in your work day uh all these issues are going to be different they're going to be the same um and they're going to, and they're going to vary uh, according to, to individuals. But establish a, a rhythm to your day and try to keep with it, and and try to feel a level level of comfort. And remember that, as we said often, this is temporary. All right. Well, as we've hit the hour mark, I want to thank everyone for joining us, our panelists from the COSIDA staff, and uh, we'd like to once again thank you for joining our session today. We thank all our staff members for their ideas and programming to assist our members in these difficult times. A reminder that you can find this on-demand webinar on CoSIDA.com and CoSIDA Connect, our membership portal later this afternoon. It'll also be in a podcast format so you can listen to it on your YouTube channel. We'll have more links on the CoSIDA website. Thanks for joining us today and when we look forward to uh, for you to attend all of our professional development webinars. We, uh, so please take a look at the screen. I think there's a screen right there about some of the upcoming ones uh, in the next couple of weeks, talking about creative content, our NTA, NAIA stats and record keeping, uh, crisis uh, communications from our NAIA friends. That salary survey will come out on April 16th. Uh, and then we'll have an uh, ADA compliance webinar on April 24th. Um, so stay healthy, everyone, and thanks once again for joining, and we'll talk to you again next time.